Hey, Tally. Hey, Nunu. We are back again. Back to back, mate. Back, back to them. Hey, y'all. We're coming back with the second installment of our Toxic series. Um, this one we named Family Affair. Um, we had an opportunity uh, last week to discuss some of the toxic traits that um, we've experienced in friendship. And now today we're going to dive into uh, the most intimate uh, family. <laughs> um, um, sort of kind of like the generational bondage that's passed down and handed down like hand-me-downs uh, to within a family. Yeah, like um, that clothing that you don't like, like that shirt that they be handing down from one cousin to the next cousin to the next cousin until it has holes and then it's in your family. You're like, can can we get rid of this one? Can we buy something new? Kind of hand me down. Um, we're gonna talk about um how the thing is about like what you learn, right? Technically, family is your first teacher, right? They're the first people that you meet. Like um, there's a I don't know if you guys ever watched Silent Hill. On Silent Hill, there's um this part where the mom says she loves being a mom. The reason she loves being a mom is because mother is God in the eyes of a child. In other mm -hmm. words, right? When we're when our babies are born, when our children are born, the first person that they know is your, their mom. They're you know their first their providers, the people that take care of them. You're the the mom is the person that feeds them. So that's God to them. That's who provides everything, feeds them, changes them, clothes them, takes care of them, like puts them to sleep. All that is done by that mother, which is God to them. So this is our first like example of who's gonna lead us or how we're supposed to do things. So everything we learn in the family unit affects every other unit in life. You know what I mean? It affects your friendships. It affects how you see people because if something happens to you negatively, then you're not gonna have that trust for people. You're gonna be heavily guarded because that's what you've been taught. You know, like remember how like, um, kids that are like left in orphanages some of them have failures to strive that means like they don't have that comfort of a family so family units family ties the people that raise you play a major role in who you're going to be tomorrow yes girl that's that that's that's um damage and it's like by the time you realize it the damage is kind of done right so when we thought about what in a family unit uh, and how the family unit affects us as individual human beings. We looked at some of the toxic traumas and the things that uh, that that anyone could experience uh, in a family unit that could be passed down, uh, hand-me-downs, you know. Um, and some of the we 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 made a, a a few we put a few items on that list. You know what I mean? And um, it was important for us to kind of think long and hard of, it, part of what we said when we first wanted to start the podcast was that we, we wanted to expose ourselves in a way in which we can grow and learn, right? So when we have these conversations, you and I, like we do uh, in private and then in this group setting with all our loves out there, um, we want to look at ourselves and, and realize what in this conversation, what from our families, we, we, what have we taken on or what can some of the people out there, what have they taken on that they may not even realize that they had, 
have, you know what I mean, have taken on or, or put on their shoulders or, you know, step into them shoes, you know, or tied up them pants and put a little bit on it, uh, you know, some Gucci belt. <laughs> and um, yeah, so the first thing that we said we wanted to discuss um, as part of the toxic traumas that somebody could experience, the first thing that we said was abuse. Um, I'll let you kind of go into what type of abuse can be passed down or how abuse can affect um, someone and, 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 and how they thrive, like you just said. So abuse can be in any forms. It could be physical, sexual, um, physical, sexual, and examples. Mental, that, mental. Mental and emotional. Mental and emotional, and it's like it could be brought down in different ways, right? For example, <clears throat> physical. If you're hit, right? If you're raised on being hit, then there's a possibility that either you're not gonna hit your kids at all because you're like that was not cool, I didn't like it, so you're scared, or you could be that parent that is very abusive with your child, like you hit them a lot. Some people don't take spanking to that excessive level. But some people like guard, like they really control how, how they spank or how they discipline their kids because they're like, this was a norm growing up. Um, talking, how do you talk to your kids? You know what I mean? Like um, if you called the kid out their name, if you're called out your name, if you are called out your name, then nine out of 10 times, when people talk to you nicely, you're not gonna notice. And then be like, hey love, you're so beautiful. Who? If you don't back up, we gonna have a problem. You get defensive because feeling good and somebody talking to you good, eh? You know, <laughs> you'd be like, "What is this? What is this feeling I'm feeling?" Like it's more of an insult to you. You know what I mean? And sometimes you don't even notice it. Like you can you can go through life taking all the insults, like people calling your names, and you're like, "It don't phase me. Like it don't bother me because that's what you grew up on." And then somebody treats you nice, and you're like, "Why are you talking to me like that?" you know and the guy's like whoa hun like i love you like i legit like i think you're beautiful like yo i'm i'm just trying to marry you and you're like ah! poor man like what just happened here but this is this is part of that gener that generational you know baggage that we carry you know when we're taught something negatively um i know um sometimes we as people right we don't even realize that we're abusing our kids because, you know, we have blind faith that our family is going to have our kids back. You know what I mean? Like we believe that they have the best intent for our kids. And sometimes the worst predators are within your own family. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can. Um, I definitely agree. Uh, plus, when we're talking about like even something as min minimal as uh, mental abuse, right? Or like yelling or unnecessary, you know, negative talk, especially when a child is in that developmental stage, it can really cause them to grow up to be some angry, angry people. And we know that people, true, mm -hmm. sometimes we are them people, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, we, we discussed too, like, like the whole, like you said, the physical, if you're being hit, you're either going to be like a polar opposite. Like you're either going to be, like you said, fearful, or you're going to be, you're going to take on that negative trait. 
um, sexual, I'll, del I'll dive a little bit more into sexual, like um, having sexual abuse, like, and usually sexual abuse happens in the most developmental years of a child, right? Right where, where they're learning behaviors, where they're learning who they're going to be, uh, who they're going to be is solidifying, is, shape, is being shaped and molded, right? So um, a kid being sexually abused um, in a family situation is even more difficult because I know so many sexually abused people that I've talked to that say that they weren't believed or that person was still still had access to them to be able to re-victimize them even at, even after they told even after um the truth came out some of the family members didn't want to believe that that child was telling the truth you know and part of abuse is it's effective because the 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 person who's being abused is in a vulnerable state. You know, uh, statistics are more likely that a child is more abused, a disabled person is more abused. You know, people that are in a vulnerable state. So when you're growing up as a kid and you either experience sexual abuse or know of, hey, don't I, I've I've been even told, hey, don't go near this person. Hey, don't go near. I'm like, well, how is this person walking free? able to re-victimize people. And the only thing that's being said is, hey, don't go near them. Like that's a lot of people out there. Every race of people, every ethnic background, every nationality I've talked to, every gender, um, have they've had some type of sexual, physical, verbal, mental abuse. So it's not uh, solely um, specific to a specific type of person. You know, and the people we love take our kindness for weakness be, and, and they feel as though they can get away with it because they've, you know what I mean, spent years on, you know, those people are usually manipulative. Abusers are manipulative. Mm -hmm. They know how to work a system. Physical abusers, mental abusers, sexual abusers, they have perfected the art of working the system and they'll make you think you're crazy. You know what I mean? But I always told my kids from the time that they were able to understand, I don't care who it is, if anybody is doing anything inappropriate to let me know, you know what I mean? And I would always ask to the point where sometimes I would feel like, oh gosh, should I ask them? You know what I mean? <laughs> you, also, you also have to be ready for that conversation if they do say, yes, I am. Because what you gonna do? If they say, yeah, I was. I'm gonna handle it. That means I'm gonna, no, no, but seriously, are you going to be the type to sweep it under the rug? Are you going to be the type that when it comes down to abuse and abuse of a child or a vulnerable person for me, that, that, that there's nothing, there's nothing else you can say. Yeah. You know, there's nothing else you can say. So I think abuse was very important because a lot of people have serious mental illnesses right now, anxiety, depression. You know, their bipolar may be exacerbated. Uh, you know, signs of mental illness arise in really stressful situations yeah. or traumatic situations. So if you're constantly being berated, 
beat, you know, or feeling like, you know, you're going to be taken advantage sexually, what does that do to a growing child or a growing, you know what I mean? Or, or, or an adolescent as they're growing in into a teenager and into adulthood. It does a whole lot. And we got to talk about it today. And we, we said when we had these conversations together that we would let, leave no stone unturned because it's a lot of people that grow up to be very damaged people because they've had abuse um, happen to them. They, or they've had the people that they trusted the most let them down because they didn't take their verbalization of abuse seriously. And that has to stop because there's a lot of people that, that should be walking this earth right now that are not walking this earth because they've taken their own lives because of the abuse that they endured and not feeling like they had someone with them. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm digress on that because that, that touched that touched the little last little nerve I got, but my last nerve, my last nerve, my last. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, we gotta lighten up a little bit on that one because that, that just touched my nerve. But the second thing with that, we said was very vital um, as far as generational baggage. Uh, we said addiction was one of the things that we had on the list. So you want to lend a word to addiction and how it's passed down in in a, in a family. Addiction is it. It could be a lot of things. Like nobody realizes how addiction can be so many things. It could be um, what you call it, addiction to sex. It could be an addiction to porn. It could be an addiction to gambling it could be addiction to drugs addiction goes a lot of ways it's really a codependency you know what I mean like we sometimes um right <clears throat> we have situations where we, we become codependent on taking care of somebody because that's what we're taught you know like sometimes um we're taught as kids that we should want less or somebody comes before us so automatically you're always putting this person before you now you're codependent because you're, you know, you expect like validation from this person because now what you call it, you're a good person if you follow direction. So now there's a codependency and this could like go further down the road, right? Like if your mother is married to a, a, a guy, a man who is addicted to alcohol. So they have their own abuse. He has his abuse with the alcohol right? And then he comes home and brings that abuse home. Now he's being abusive to his wife, mm -hmm. who in turn, let's say she has kids. Let's say she has three of them. Young. Let's say she's 22. Now she has three kids, an abusive husband that is beating her. She still has to be a provider. She has to help provide and she has to be a mother. So when these little kids are bothering her, Mommy, 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 mommy. How is she going to take out her anger if she's beat all the time? Like, this is what she's taught is the norm. Mm -hmm. So then them children, they move down life. And now they have these abusive relationships with their children because that's what they were taught. And it all stems from this addictive, this addictive nature because daddy couldn't cope with his issues. Mm -hmm. So instead of coping with them, he started drinking. And beating on his wife and now this woman who didn't know anything about this life is taking it because she's codependent on her relationship to this man because probably where she grew up she was taught to be codependent to a man mm. Woo. 
<laughs> Wait a minute there. Yeah, look, look at that. Look at that little superstar over there. <laughs> okay, okay, let me stop. Let me go. Addiction. Okay, so addiction for me is so touchy because I fight every day not to be addicted to anything because addiction has been in my family for so long. You know, um, multiple generations of addiction. And to where I was afraid, I was afraid. I went away to college and was offered cocaine. Like, oh, here, you wanna try this? Everybody else did it around me. I was like, nah, I'm good. Because I have relatives who just tried cocaine one time and they've been crackheads for 30, 40 years. You get what I'm saying? So for me, it's like I ran at the thought, but then sometimes I still obsess over not being addictive because I like to enjoy wine once a week. Yeah. My little, with, with, with the inner voice with Tally and Nunu, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, once a week, is that too much? You know what I mean? So yeah. it's always for me a constant battle of um, toning down that addictive nature. I've been addicted. I've been addicted to multiple uh, things in my life, not in a um, a detrimental way like alcohol or uh, drugs, but I've been addicted addicted to behaviors. Mm. I've been addicted to um, people, you know, where I was so addicted to them that I stayed in a situation that drained my whole life force. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I wasn't looking like this. <laughs> I wasn't feeling like this. <laughs> but it was because I lost sight of who I was. And that's what everyone in addiction, everyone that has the addiction lose sight of who they are, their self-worth. Step in, sis, step in. Their self-worth is devalued because they've then put something above their the, their self for their highest good you know every day we're just trying to do what we need to do to be at our highest level or to be at, a, at our greatest good at least decent people are, right so if you have these addictive behaviors you're addicted to people you're addicted like you said the codependency the the traumatic bonds like we just said generational bondage um that you have with people you lose sight of who you are. The, the addictive bond that you have. <laughs> With alcohol, you lose sight of who you are. You can't be at, at your optimal or your best self if you lose sight of who you are. You are your own foundation. You, if, if you don't have a strong sense of who you are as a person, Everything you put put on top, everything that foundation is weak, is faulty. We said that before. It's built on land that's going crumble, you know. And um, you you allow things, you set your life on a course. Sometimes that is out of control. You know what I mean? And and. That, that's that's all I'm gonna say about addiction because that's also a touch, touchy subject for me. Like every everything that we discuss for real, for real between us is, is touchy subjects. And that's why we put it to the forefront because 
it calls to those inner things and I ain't gonna get emotional, but it calls to, it calls to those inner, that's why we said the inner voice, right? It calls to those negative thoughts that we tell ourselves. It calls to the negative feelings that we feel, uh, the experiences that we experience, you know, and we can put on a good, good front for the world. You know what I mean? The whole world, Craig. You know, we, we podcasters of the world, Craig. <laughs> and we can put on a good front for the world, but who are you when you looking in the mirror when you talking to yourself? You know what I mean? And that's that first conversation we had self-worth will be a topic that will it will be threaded throughout this whole thing. You know what I mean? Um, because that's the most important thing, that inner your inner self how you feel and how you're able to progress and how you're able to strengthen yourself when you don't feel like you have that support. But that's all I'm gonna say about addiction. And then we said, well, this, this one is kind of, it, it lends to abuse, but we said neglect, abandonment, neglect slash abandonment. Let's talk about it. Uh, all right, hold on, let's, let's take, let's, let's take one. Yeah, take one for the team. One, right time, one time for the one time. <laughs> Okay, so there's two, this, this is this is a touchy subject for me, neglect and um, abandonment. Why? Because, right, neglect sometimes, we don't realize sometimes, right, as, as a working mom, like, I, I think I struggled a lot with um, feeling like I was neglecting my kids, right, because I have to go to work to provide them food on the table and to provide them things which are nece- necessary, right? And I can't not not work because I've been in situations where basically I've gone to the unemployment. They're like, well, you're smart. You can work. Yeah, but, I'm, but I'm not working right now. Can I qualify for the system? <laughs> you have this and that. So you can't qualify. Mm-hmm. And so I have, you know, like I know people work the system, which honestly, if you work the system, I'm proud of y'all. no 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 let's 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 say that let's let's say this let's say this let's come to a common agreement because that one (laughs) will go she will take the train all the way off the tracks okay (laughs) conduct the free my inner voice be like yo let's just say the system abuses so many people every day we're not surprised when it's then abused back that's what we'll say now go ahead what you were saying. <laughs> so um, I remember being turned down when I needed the assistance. So then I had to work. So now I have to work and I feel neglectful for my kid because I don't spend the beginning years with him because I have to work. And so <clears throat> to me, it's a tough, touchy subject because I feel like I've struggled as a mom going to work feeling like I'm missing out on things, like I'm not doing enough, or I get home really tired because I have no help. And um, that's the struggle with being a single mom, especially when you're not only a single mom, but you're a lone mom. That means that you get no support. You get no support from the other party. So when you're at that point where you get no support from the other party, man, it's tough. It's tough, you know, getting home, and trying to be your best and trying to like, you know, give your kids the attention that they deserve and not feeling like you're neglecting, missing out on an event, you know? 
Um, so I struggle with neglect. And the reason I struggle with neglect is because I have a child who his dad abandoned him because he had other priorities. And <clears throat> it's difficult watching your child suffer like that when they ask you, where's daddy? Um, but low key, right? This is my baggage because my dad did the same to my mom. So, you know what I mean? Like so you, you know, chose the same person your mom chose. Like you feel that way. And that's exactly how I feel. So now I feel worse because not only did I do this, you know what I mean? Like I caused this and nobody else did, you know what I mean? And it's allowing yourself to have grace because you made a mistake because you lack self-worth at the time that you needed it. But it's also, how do you pick up from that moment? You know what I mean? Like, cause you feel bad as a parent. And that was something that I struggled with a lot. And Nunu knows this, like, you know, like we've gone back and forth where she's like, girl, like give yourself grace. And I have like a Sagittarius friend that she always tells me that, give yourself grace because you work hard at trying to do your best. And that's the thing, like sometimes neglect could be that. And sometimes neglect could be like, I'm smoking. I'm not saying me, but I'm just saying like, mm -hmm. it could be another person smoking up or finding that high, whether it be with a man or with a drug, mm -hmm. with a thing instead of, you know, watching their kids. Yeah. or it could be the whole abandoning where you actually just detach from the child and I think like a lot of things that a lot of times we forget to talk about is that sometimes the biggest damage that is done is by the parent that stays mm -hmm. so it's like it's hard sometimes knowing that like you know because I don't know about you but like I like watching a lot of things which tell me about like how to be the best mom and I once heard it's the parent that stays that the kid has the, the most traumatic experience with. And it's because you're raising them right and you spend the most time with them while the person that abandons them, like, you know what I mean? Like this no is expectations, no, no expectations. This is, why, this is why I no longer like, I no longer get upset about the whole abandonment because like at the end of the day, like he just got to walk away from everything. So now it's all on me. So let me focus on me and not focus on that. Because if I stay focused on the idea that he walks out on his kid, it does nothing for my child. And that's the thing, like, sometimes we as moms, we become bitter and upset. And we forget that it's, it's not about us right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we want to cry. Like, I, like I told this to Nunu. Um, there was a time that I, I didn't want to cry in front of my kids because I felt like, I don't want them to see how upset I really am about what's happening. And so what I would do is I would cut onions so I could feel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We said that. You told me that. You told us that. Remember? <laughs> yeah, so I could cut onions so I could like cry oh, because I'm like, I never and you know, that. it's okay. Like my kids would know like, oh, she's just cutting onions. It's nothing. It's nothing weird. But that was my coping mechanism because like sometimes it was just, it was just hard. Like knowing like, feeling like it was my fault because I followed a baggage or um, a trait that I had learned early on because my mom's, you know, meter for daddy meters was off. So mine was off. And so 
it wasn't until like me and Nunu started having like all these in-depth conversations where she was like, girl, give yourself grace. And she was like knocking the grace into me. <laughs> like she was like, get it together, girl. But I needed that talk. You know what I mean? Well, I'm over here like the little simp I am sometimes. <laughs> you know, I ain't never scared to shed no tear. Never will be. Never be afraid to cry. But same exact experience. I remember I went to, I was in nursing school and I had just um, separated with my kid's dad because of the abuse. abuse. And um, trying to work full-time, go to school full-time and raise two toddlers. The first time um, I was in school, they were two and three. The second time I went back to school, they were six and seven. And I remember feeling so guilty, like, oh my God, I'm not cooking, I'm doing like, what am I doing? I'm letting my kids down. And then I said, you doing for them what wasn't done for you, really. And, and, and I say that with all love and heartfelt, you know what I mean? It is what it is. And you're doing what their dad ain't doing because he ain't there either, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like you said, I learned to have grace. And even now, like I, I, I have to try not to get touchy when my daughter was like, remember when, when all we ate was KFC and, <laughs> and McDonald's? I said, yeah, for 15 months when I was in school and working full time and trying to raise y'all and crying in class because I had to be up. 36 hours working a 12-hour overnight shift, picking y'all up from the city, dropping y'all off to the city, going to clinical, coming back, like, come on, grace, grace. And I remember always um, waiting for uh, that man to come. And because uh, he, oh, I'm coming to get you. Oh, I got you a new bike. Oh, I, you know what I mean? I remember always uh, as a little girl, fantasizing about um, having my dad actually be there in my life, you know, and wondering what I did uh, to deserve uh, not not being loved enough. I felt that way, and um, then I realized as an adult that people had their own issues and their own. You know, and now knowing what I know now, I'm kind of glad because, you know, I could have, anything could have happened to me. So, um, but I took that into my adulthood and then I clung to whoever made me feel, felt, filled that hole that I had missing from not having a dad. And, um, as y'all can see, that still that still bothers me into my adulthood, and um, is primarily the reason why I go so hard as a parent. Um, we always overcompensate for something we didn't have. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when people look at me and they're like, "Oh, you're an amazing mom. Yo, you be doing that. You be doing that. You did that. You did that." You know what I mean? Hold on, real, real. Those ain't supposed to be crying. <laughs> Oh, hold on, let's take it over. Oh, let's get, get it together. Get it together. <laughs> you good, you good. We love you. Yeah, 
And so I don't even know what I was saying, but the strength I gained from that, um, and, and I'm, this is leading us into the, to, to the segue that we were, the, the, what we can do. Um, when we acknowledge that we get those negative traits or those generational things or the bondages that we have or the ideas that we have or the feelings of the things that we've been discussing all this time, um, you kind of have to learn to assess those negative traits and behaviors um, and realize that it's actually unhealthy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then what do we say? We said, you have to start making those changes. Like the same, the same blueprint to success that we have in building self-worth is the same blueprint you have when you take or you're trying to strip yourself of those generational, uh, the generational baggage and the generational bondage that we have. It's taking that accountability like you talked about in the first episode, um, recognizing every day what you're doing because anything that you pattern like we talked about earlier, anything that you pattern for more than 21 days or that you do for more than 21 days becomes a habit. Correcting the negative behaviors when you see it. Um, Like, I I, I think I want to discuss like fear, like, okay, so like an example. So my daughter said to me one day, she's 17, she said, you know what you got from your mama, what you got from her mama, what you got from her mama? I said, "What, what are you talking about? Because I is my philosophical she always gonna find a, a, a way to debate. I'll be ready to, I'll be ready to just, <laughs> but you on the inside. Yeah, she, she be trying to get at me. She said, you, y'all passed down fear. And I said, fear? She said, yeah. And I thought, I said, yep, I know, I know a relative that shall remain nameless that you say, oh, I'm going to the store, don't get shot. Oh, I'm going swimming, don't drown. It's, it's nighttime. Hey, I want to go get my food. Don't get raped. It's like when you hear that over and over again, <laughs> now you're scared you're going to get raped. You're scared you're going to get shot. You're scared you're going to get robbed. You're scared you're going to drown. You're scared you're going to get stabbed. You still somebody go, somebody going to steal your car. You think somebody going to hit you. you think... And then the trauma of being raised in the hood in Philly and drive-by, <laughs> shoot, and drive-by shootings and stuff and having a traumatic experience at 16, seeing my three-year-old neighbor be murdered rest in peace that to this day you know what I mean um I have I hold my kids so tight and it's that fear and she said yeah I I really have to unlearn this because like when I go out into this world like what I what what I'm be I'm afraid to even talk to people like oh no they gonna rape me they gonna shoot me they go and I did have a little addiction to investigation discovery (laughs) An addiction to the investigation discovery. Well, this is my little tangent. You know, I always gotta go on a tangent each episode. That's what I do. Like I'm like, that's what I do. And I had an addiction to investigation discovery until we were in our apartment. I had just became RN, and it was my day off. We in the apartment. I'm with the kids. We laughing and joking. They're eating at the dining room table. I'm sitting in the living room watching investigation discovery, and then I see that the murder that they were talking about happened in my apartment complex where I was living. So I screamed, the kid's like, what, what, what? I'm like, she died here. They're like, who died? My kids were scared to sleep in their own bed. She didn't yeah. die. She didn't, the lady, it was 20 something years before that she was murdered in uh, the 4,000 building. I lived in the 1700 building. 
but I was so hyped that somebody died here. You know, that my kids were so scared. I said, yeah, I'm gonna have to ill chain on the investigation discovery because, <laughs> but um, I said all that to say that when the whole fear thing conversation happened with my daughter, it really made me like realize, wow, you still got work to do. Mm-hmm. You still have work to do. And we that's literally what we what we building our foundation on. Like we still have work to do, you know, and we still have growth. And I just want to say I am so proud of you for actually stepping into that and being like, yeah, you're right, right. Like that's what I want. Like if if me helping you or telling you something or, or any of these talks we're having calls out to that inner self so that you can boss up and be like, no, I ain't tolerating that no more. You know what I mean? I want better for myself. And you deserve that. Everybody out there deserves that too. Um and like we are so grateful and thankful for the people that are coming into this with us fresh and new. We just decided on a whim. It was a good whim. I think it was a I think the whim was a good whim, don't you think? <laughs> I think it was a good whim because we've been having some banging ass conversations. You know, like them conversations, you know? And um the generational curses and the family thing, like I'm sure we will go deeper when we start breaking down a little bit more, but like we really just scratched the surface with um, with what we discussed today. Is there anything else you want to say, co-creator? <laughs> well, I want to um, open up the floor for anyone who wants that, like, you know, comment or like, you know, ask us any questions. Um, this topic will be continued later on at another time or we'll get more into depth about like other co- aspects of toxic relationships within family oh. units. And um, you're gonna get to know more about us, you know, along the way, because we're gonna be very sincere with you guys and we're gonna open up to like, you know, let you in with us so you can be our new BFFs. And so just comment and subscribe down below, whatever. Yes, I'm sure I'm sure the little blinking things popping up right now. Say subscribe, comment below. It better be. It better be. We gotta learn how to if you, guys, if you guys want to like ask us for any advice or you want to hear how we like um got over something or how we conquered something, we're always open to like, you know, giving you guys advice. Um we're gonna have our email down below. You can also comment. Um we're also gonna pick a person who subscribes or who has our favorite comment down below so whoever comments their favorite thing down below we're gonna we're gonna um go look ahead out for the, we're gonna look out for the cookout that's right <laughs> uh, so um thank you for joining us tonight and you know come and unwind with us next time maybe you know our next Oh, our next topic, our next topic is going to be real juicy, girl. I don't know. We may need some red wine. We may need some red wine for that because that's going to be toxic relationships, um, relationships, situationships, and entanglements. Oh, okay. yes. <laughs> yes. And we, I'm sure we got some good stories for that, girl. I'm sure y'all got I'm some We're going to talk stories. about some celebrities along the way, too, you know. Oh, we might. We might. We might have to show up on that conversation. In the news lately. Yeah, we might. <laughs> well, we want to thank y'all for riding with us, rocking with us. Like, 
comment, subscribe. We're going to be in the comments with y'all, busting it up, letting y'all get to know us, asking us any questions. And we hope that y'all got y'all seatbelts on because we're going to take y'all on a nice little smooth little ride or whatever. Because <laughs> that's what we good at. Oh, we love y'all. <laughs>